What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. You don't know what that ought is, Mr. Trash. I'd show you, but I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too fucking blind. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd make a flamethrower to this place. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! In this topsy-turvy holiday season, the truth shall always set you free. This is Tim. This is Get Off My Lawn. The Mad Railings of a Gen Xer. Oh, we need to talk about Bidenomics! And then we also want to talk about uh, the interesting segment of the media who seems to want to frame stories. And this is nothing new. And evidently, we're going we're gonna to start off on this first because um, the New York Times, the old gray lady who's been around forever, has become this, this bastion of information that you really need to scrutinize repeatedly because of the fact that they, are, they seem to always be playing a narrative. There's always something going on with them that, you, that when, you, when you read their paper, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt because you know it's going to have that leftist spin and now with everything that's going on in Israel, everything that's going on with Hamas, everything, you know, everything going on with Gaza, the ceasefire, everything else, the, the hostage exchange. Can we just talk about the hostage exchange for a minute? It's not a hostage exchange. I'm sorry. The people that Hamas took are hostages. They stole them from their homes. They murdered their families. They raped their daughters. They shot some of their children alive. They beheaded people and they took them hostage. The people that they're exchanging them for, in reference to who, whom Israel is giving up, the majority of those people are what they refer to as convicted criminals. And these were people that were convicted, a large majority of them, by their own peers. People that are also Muslim, people that are Jewish. So we're exchanging people who have been convicted for, of crimes, and we're exchanging them for people who were actually taken hostage. And I think, th- I think that really needs to be looked at and addressed sometimes. I think that's overlooked. Now, I have to laugh because, like I said, I was, I was reading some New York Times articles, and I was going back. And it, it's interesting that when you look at their headlines, when things happen in reference to what's going on right now with, between now the anti-Muslim, res- uh, re- you know, <laughs> the anti-Muslim rhetoric, sorry, I just did another podcast, and my brain's still focused on something else, but you have that rhetoric. And it, it's funny because somehow that coincides with the, the anti-Jew movement right now that we're seeing quite prevalent in this country in certain areas, which is really kind of scary because it seems like these people kind of forgot what happened in Nazi Germany. I was reading, though, a headline in reference to a, a heinous crime in Chicago where a six-year-old boy was, was fatally stabbed, um, and they're calling this an anti-Muslim attack. Now, the New York headline, New York Times headline is this. Six-year-old boy fatally stabbed in anti-Muslim attack, authorities say. 
And then the, the byline underneath it is, officials say they consider the attack outside of Chicago a hate crime tied to fighting in Israel and Gaza. So you read that and you think to yourself, well, that that's, that is heinous. That is terrible. Because first of all, no one should be, you know, you shouldn't be stabbing children, every, you know, especially over something like this. It's happening somewhere else. There's just too many people that are, have just so much passion about this. And, and, it's, and I don't want to say they have misdirected passion, but when you side with the terrorists and you think they are, what they're doing or what they did was okay, there's, we've said it before, there's something very wrong here. So you read that and you're like, well, okay, you know, that, that's horrible. And then a couple days pass and there was an attack in Los Angeles in a suburb during a protest where a Jewish man died. Or, got, or actually, he didn't die. He was murdered. <laughs> he was murdered. He was literally murdered by a, a pro-Palestinian protester. So you look at the New York Times article, and I love it. The headline is, Jewish man dies after altercation at dueling protests in California. And underneath that is, the episode occurred in a suburb outside of Los Angeles amid pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations. Okay, they forget to mention that he was stabbed, and he was stabbed and murdered by a pro-Palestinian person. So I don't, I don't understand this. How do, how does reporting change so differently between two stories that are almost identical, except for one being a Jewish man, and the other one being a six-year-old? The six-year-old was killed in a hate crime, stabbed. We'll read it again. Six-year-old boy fatally stabbed and anti-Muslim attacked, authorities say. Officials say they consider the attack outside of a Chicago hate crime tied to the fighting in Israel and Gaza. Now a Jewish man dies, and it's Jewish man dies after altercation at dueling protests in California. I love it. The episode, episode, the murder, the hate crime, occurred in the suburbs outside of Los Angeles amid pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations. I don't understand why the media has to pander to the left so much. They're almost like petulant children, some people on the left. And I love it because you watch these people and you watch these protesters, and if you try to engage them in a conversation about exactly what's going on, they either walk away or literally just start screaming obscenities because of the fact that they don't know the facts. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand it. They don't don't understand. And I love it because the majority of them have the history of Israel completely wrong, have the history of the Jewish communities completely wrong. I loved it the other day that a protester was trying to attack attack people of Christian faith. And he go, and this woman goes up to this black gentleman and says, you know, you know, how do you who was actually from, I believe, Ethiopia. Uh, and she goes, how do you feel that Christianity was forced upon your people in Ethiopia? It's colonism, Zionism. And the guy looked at her and said, honestly, uh, people forget that Christianity is not a European thing. It actually started in Africa, in Ethiopia, centuries before it went to Europe. That the, that the, that the Bible, I believe it's the Ethiopian Bible, is older by thousands of years then the Catholic or Christian Bible. <laughs> and again, she didn't want to hear that. So she just started screaming. <laughs> the guy, and the guy was actually very articulate about it. He, he explained it much better than I can. He's very articulate about it. But her defense was, I'm just going to scream obscenities and say you're a racist, even though you're black. 
Then you had the dead spin article about the little boy at the Kansas City Chiefs game. Now, of course, this kid, he, he, you know, it's, uh, it, it was, it, 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 you know, it's his team. The Chiefs are his team. So he wanted to support his team. He wanted to do everything. So he painted himself red and black on his face. And he has the, um, he has the, uh, the war bonnet on, I guess you would call it. And so this, this reporter, we'll call them loosely a senior writer, um, took a picture of the kid just as he had his head turned and just showed the blackface. And basically said, the NFL needs to speak out against a Kansas City Chiefs fan and blackface, Native American headdress. That was the headline. And accused the boy of double downing on racism. Dun, 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 we got him. And then I love it because then you see the picture of the kid. And half his face is painted red, half his face is painted black because that's the color of the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> now, you also have to remember that this guy, Phillips, who, who's the senior writer, he also slammed uh, Holden's Native American headdresses and the tomahawk chop gesture, uh, gesture that they use, claiming the boy found a way to hate black people and Native Americans at the same time. Da-da-da, we got this kid. We got this seven-year-old. We're 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 gonna we're we're gonna we're just gonna go after him. But then again, like I said, the, the kid changed the kid you, you see the kid straight on. Half his face is red, half his face is black, and yes, he's wearing the Native American headdress. And then I love it. Now, because he also took pictures with the uh, uh, with the uh, Los Angeles, uh, no, yeah, Las Vegas Raiders cheerleaders, and everyone was loving it at the game. And they're still complaining about the fact. Well, then it's not. Well, he just stole the heritage of the Native Americans. Well, it turned out the kid happens to be Native American. <laughs> Turns out he's also Native American. <laughs> so, I mean, but don't worry, we're just gonna keep reporting on it. And then this, then this idiot said, this, this idiot Phillips doubles down on it and says, for the kid, for the idiots my who mentioned who are treating this as some harmless act because the other side of his face was painted red. I could make the argument that makes it even worse, he wrote. Y'all are the ones who hate Mexicans, but wear sombreros on Cinco de Mayo. Listen, there's racism in this world. I'm not going to deny that. I, 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 I come from a multicultural family. I'm in a multicultural marriage. I've experienced it firsthand. And I, I've experienced it on both sides of the coin. In reference to my wife being of color and me being uh, Caucasian, and it, it's it's just one of those things that it happens because there's it, there's idiots on everywhere. There's idiots everywhere. Everyone that thinks that there is not a nationality or a, or a person or a religion that isn't racist against someone else, you're, you're fooling yourself. But at the end of the day, in 2024, we've come a long way in ra- excuse me race relations. We've come a long way. And sometimes people seem to or look for or try to find racism where it isn't. So what they do is they create the racism and they create the hatred. We've had multitudes of stories over the last couple of years where they racist claims are just made up. And though, even though you had, you had the one girl in college and uh, she was trying to get the class and, and this protester basically claimed that this young woman who was white and the protester was black made a racially charged claim against her. She said something that was totally racist and she basically was offended by it. 
And they brought this poor girl up on charges because this was just hearsay information from one person. And, and this young woman who brought the claim against her, you know, all of a sudden became a celebrity on TikTok. And now she's doing, I forget, she's doing working for some news network doing something this. And then it turned out when they actually had the uh, tribunal or whatever you want to call it, the trial at school in reference for this young woman to defend herself, it turned out she didn't say anything racist that this other young woman thought she overheard her say something, didn't hear her directly say it, and then she was like, well, someone told me she said it. It's like, well, wait a minute. You, you made this claim. You made this accusation. You made, you made your rounds on the liberal media, and it turns out that you actually didn't hear her say anything, and it turned out that she didn't say anything racist at all, but you ruined her life because of the fact that you wanted to increase your social media cred. Uh, Really? It, it just kind of disgusts you in certain ways that it's just unbelievable, but that that this could be but you know what? Nobody reports on the nobody reports on the second half of the story. Then there was the story not too long ago, I think it was in a school in the Midwest, where a noose was found hanging from a dorm room door of three black gentlemen. And you know, you had all this racial insensitivity and you had all these things that were going on on the campus at that point in time because racism was running rampant. And then it turned out that these young black gentlemen put the noose on the door themselves. Now, I'm not saying that all claims of racism were false, but I am saying this. You need to examine something fully before you start using the term racist. That, I mean, because that's the left's playing card. If they do not have a logical explanation for anything that they say or, 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 or the ability to pontificate a clear response and answer, all of a sudden you're a racist. You're a racist. And I love it because you're like, well, why am I a racist? Because you just are. There was another great video I watched the other day. This woman went on campus and she was interviewing people about who they're going to vote for. And the young woman asked one. She was like, oh, Biden. And she was like, well, why are you voting for Biden? Because he, she's like, I'm, I don't want to vote for Trump because he's a racist. So he, she asked him, or asked her, what does he ever say? What, what's so racist about Trump? Give me a quite simple answer. Give me an example. So the young woman couldn't give an example. She just kept claiming the other woman was racist. And then the young woman finally came up with an example. And she was like, well, he doesn't denounce white supremacy. So the other woman who was interviewing her said, well, I can show you a video right now that has at least 20 plus separate times where Trump has denounced white supremacy. Would you like to see it? No, I don't want to see it because you're racist. And she's like, well, I can show you the video that's 20 plus times him denouncing white supremacy. No, I don't want to see it. I'm late for class. I love it because especially on campus, that's that's the uh, that's the other out for liberals. I'm late for class. Yeah, you need to go to class because evidently you don't fucking know anything. But you want to sit there and try to tell me you're going to run the world when you've already run it into the ground. Because we have the wonderful Bidenomics. Biden's been touting Bidenomics all across the country. Well... So I guess that, Boston, well, I can't uh, hold us. Boston, 1773. I don't know why that came up. <laughs> I don't know why that came because I hit the wrong button. That's why. Um, 
so we, we've come across, uh, in reference to Bidenomics again, Let's talk about the that. White House. Is so it's uh, oh prices. my God, I can't I, I can't believe I'm trying to watch something and something keeps coming up and I shouldn't watch something when I was watching something else. So it came out through an independent study that American households need an extra one thousand, excuse me, eleven thousand four hundred and thirty four dollars to maintain the same standard of living they enjoyed in January of 2021. Now, I, I think now this this is great for Bidenomics. The anal, the analyst found that it might be worse state by state. For example, in Colorado, the average American household must spend an extra fifteen thousand dollars a year to afford the same standard of living that they had in two thousand twenty one. Now, the great thing is, <laughs> CBS of all places reported these numbers. And said it is reflected on the cost of basic go- uh, basic goods and, and, and other factors. Despite other positive economic measures, such as jobless rates being at a two-decade low. Of course, we, we, we always talk about the jobless rate, but we don't talk about the underemployment rate. We don't talk about the people that they no longer count once the, you are the, – the jobless numbers do not – you are not counted in the jobless numbers if you stop looking for work or if you have – use or exhausted your unemployment. You basically just fall off. You have disappeared. You have disappeared. <laughs> you're no longer counted because you're not looking for a job. But that is alarming that there are certain countries that you uh, certain countries, certain states that you have to spend it you have to have an additional fifteen thousand dollars this year just to live, just to be at where you, where you were in 2021. And like I said, the average additional cost is eleven thousand four hundred dollars. Where are people getting? Where are people getting this money? They're getting it through the death loop. I like to call it the death loop, and other some analysts call it that. Basically, what you're doing is to 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 continue to survive, to continue to eat, to continue to feed your families, continue to fill your car, continue to do anything to live. You either borrow the money vis-a-vis credit cards. Which is why credit card payments, right? Excuse me, credit card debt is at its highest in years, or you dip into your savings. And it's a death loop because of the fact that you are never, you're not saving money anymore. You're exhausting your savings, you're exhausting your credit just to live. But that's okay. Bidenomics is working. Then, uh, then the other day, Biden announced an establishment at the White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience on Monday. And has 30 new actions to help Americans get the products they need when they need them. Reliable deliveries for businesses. Strengthen our agricultural and food systems. And support good paying union jobs. It's all about the union jobs now, too. It's all about the union jobs. But here's the problem. If I need an, Where are you getting an extra $1,000? Where are people... Like I said, where are people getting that extra $1,000 a month? Well, it's very easy. It's very easy. Like I said, credit card debt. And dipping into their finances. Right now, Gallup found on a poll, I guess it was a couple, uh, I guess it was Tuesday of this week, that just 32% of Americans approve of the handling of his handling of the economy. Yeah, because unilaterally, it, it's just it's just crap. And the middle class, once again, is being crushed by the things that he is doing, the things that he is forcing. Now it's even to the point that people that believed in green energy are trying to tell him, yo, yo, yo. Slow down because of the fact that your green energy policies are killing us. 
Oh, I just I found the clip of I, I was talking earlier about the uh, the gentleman talking about the Bible. I found the clip. Hold on, I found this clip. Let let me see if I can get this clip to play. I just I just found the clip. Said bunch of white nationalists push Christianity down your throat. Christianity was in Africa before Europe. Whoa! Did you hear that? Christianity was in Africa before Europe. Yeah, like Ethiopia. Go ahead, keep going, brother. The um, Ethiopian Bible is older than the King James. And thank you. That's exactly right. The argument that Christianity brought, uh, that colonial, colonialism brought Christianity to Africa is completely wrong. Why is it completely wrong? Because Christianity was already in Africa before Europe. Christianity was in Africa before Europe. Everybody hear that? And uh, one thing you need to know is that Christianity is not a European religion. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One more time. Real loud. Christianity is not a European religion. Man, you're awesome. <laughs> okay, but that but that guy who knew everything was was just a racist. It happens to be black, <laughs> but, you, but you know, I guess I guess for the the uh, the white American, you you could be racist and black at the same time. It's 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 all all right. I love it though, also because uh, Elizabeth Warren had an epiphany the other day on Obama Obamacare's unintended consequences. <laughs> Now, Warren didn't want to repeal Obamacare and abdicated many times for Medicare for all, but is finally acknowledging that Obamacare has increased the health care prices and created, un- I love, unintentional consequences. Uh, I don't know, people, you know, economists and people smarter than me basically said for a long time that Obamacare, when you when you do this, when this bill is enacted, it, it is going to, it is basically going to increase prices. And we've talked about this before. I mean, hell, I mean, uh, we watched at one point in time our healthcare costs in reference to our contributions triple at one point in time for our company healthcare. But there's unintended consequences. What do you mean? But you get to keep your doctor. And I love it because, again, it's healthcare providers and insurers have exploited the situation, making a sky-high prescription drug costs and excessive corporate profits. Oh, really? It's Again, it's the evil. It's the evil corporations that do everything. Dun-dun-dun. And I love it because she voted against, like I said, repealing Obamacare and pushed for Medicare for All when she ran for president in 2020. But don't worry, you get to keep your doctor. You're going to save like $1,600 a year on your medical costs. I'm still waiting for that check. Hopefully that check will come soon because I kind of need the money because evidently I need $11,400 more just to survive. But things are going so well here in the land of Bidenomics. Thank God that racist isn't president. We only had prosperity even during the pandemic. But we don't want to talk about that because, as always, the truth shall always set you free. This is Tim. Let's get off my lawn. The mad railings of a Gen X.